Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode. Extra Points presented as ever by Omaha. Another hot week of sports action is in the books, and we're ready to break it down with our pal, the roastest with the mostest, just back from Vegas, where she and Roy Wood Jr. were doing the inaugural MLB Awards show. She's Sarah Tiana. What's going down, sis? How are you? Oh, How was man. the week? I know it was grand. I mean, it was the greatest day of my life, uh, and Cage totally choked. But also the players, you know, in his defense, the players are so much bigger in Cage is your son. Cage your, is your my son. Your boy. And how did he choke? He's three and a half. And so, I, you know, all week he's, I was like, you're going to get to meet Acuna and Austin Riley, and they're going to be there. And like, and he's like, Acuna. And he's like practicing what he's going to say. He's like showing off his swing and, you know. He does the swing and he's like, get out, get out, get out. Like he screams at the ball, you know, and um, and then he sees Acuna and Acuna like gets off the chair that he, he's sitting at this table and he gets up out of the table and like leans down to like shake his hand and Cage just goes. Yeah, just like and I was like, show him your show him your, uh, you, you know, how your batting stance. And then he just like barely lifted his little hands in his foot and I'm like ah all right but in his defense like Acuna is this big on TV and then in person much bigger much bigger oh, much broader you know and Austin How Riley awesome. got off his chair and like leaned down you know so that he w- made himself smaller and and so that was a little bit better but you know they're not wearing their uniforms they look a lot different they're not holding a bat he's like are are these really baseball players it doesn't seem like it they're wearing suits and ties they don't look like athletes at all um but he was the only child there they told me it was an all ages show so i brought him and then he was the only kid there so he got tons of attention from all the players because they are oh, good love for him. That, that, yeah, that probably is a nice consolation prize to hearing his mom say that the greatest day of her life was the mm-hmm. award show, not his birth. So the show, no. I'm sure he'll keep himself warm with the memories. Why do people say days. that? Why do people say that giving birth is the greatest day of your life? Like, it's not. I don't it's know. I've never done day. it. It's not a fun day. You know, it's it's a really disgusting day for your body. A week later, when the meds have worn off and you can actually process what happened and you're like, oh, my God, I really love my baby. That's the greatest day. That's a beautiful holiday message for everyone out there <laughs> right now. Um, the importance of baseball is what I think it is. Actually, that's a better story for for your boy than my I think he was 12 at the time. Jean-Claude Van Damashek and I were at PNC Park watching the Pirates play the visiting Braves and uh we were out uh, walking in the outfield and and he yelled uh, at a baseball player. He, he booed him really loudly, like, boo, boo, you're dead, whatever he was yelling at him. And uh, the problem was, is that it was Jack Sawinski of the Pittsburgh Pirates who <laughs> turned around and was like, what? Why is that guy? Why is that kid booing me? We're in Pittsburgh. He corrected. He was embarrassed was Jean-Claude mm-hmm. Van Damashek. So he made that wrong right. And he booed Ronald Acuna who also turned around and gave him the stink eye, which was appropriate, mm-hmm. I thought. Anyway, yeah. you know what? 
I'm happy for you. I'm happy for Roy Wood Jr. and uh, and good times. And it is the holiday season. Happy holidays to everybody. I do want to talk about one of the interesting elements of the holiday season, the gift return. Let's do that, though, by, uh, by first introducing, speaking of return, he is making his return. That was clunky. All right, I do what I can, Tiana. I, I don't know. Listen, I'm not a skilled, uh, I'm not Roy Wood Jr. You know, anyway, he's making his return. To the Extra Points podcast, he also hosts the Rotten Tomatoes podcast. Check him out, December 22nd and 23rd at the Capitol Hill Comedy Bar in Seattle, Washington. Track him down on Instagram at Mark Ellis is live. You can find the ticket information there. He's Mark Ellis. What's going down, fella? How are you? Well, you know, I love being on the show. I love being the returned gift of this podcast. And <laughs> That's right. it, it seems like Cage meeting um, Sarah's heroes more than his probably at this point. It's a lot like when I was trying out for baseball in high school, where that's the same thing that I had happen, where mom's just trying to encourage me to do my stance mm -hmm. right. And I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. was probably the end of my baseball career. I'm only 43, <laughs> so there's time. That was probably the end of my baseball playing days. Boy, that's interesting. Now, all of a sudden, I we have a bunch of things that we want to get into here, but now all of a sudden, Ellis swoops in and makes me think about this. Tiana, as you sit here with your three and a half year old, and 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 there's vague disappointment that he didn't deliver his batting stance in the big spot. He didn't. He wasn't clutch in front sure. of the major league baseball player. Maybe this is, this is a vision of the future that he's going to let down a little bit athletically, not unlike uh, Dave Damashek and Mark Ellis did in their uh, Little League days, it sounds like, um, or in the high school tryout. I was there too. It didn't go well. It didn't go well. Um, what if it doesn't go well for your little boy? Will you be one of those parents who tells your kids, stick with it, hang in there, you can do whatever you want as long as you work hard, or will you be like, I don't think this is it for you, man? You know, maybe maybe learn to type, you know, do, do something because I don't think sports is for you. Which will you be? Well, it depends on what he wants. Yeah. Like if he really loves baseball, but he's not good at it. That's what you're asking. If he's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm just all I want to do is play. But he's just like riding the bench the whole time. I don't. I can't even fathom that being possible with how good he is at it already. So. Uh, but yeah, like, no, I'll just encourage him to try music or dance or <laughs> something else. But, um, yeah, Baseball's like, I'm not great, gonna... though, because you, you, there's so many specialties you can be in baseball. Like if you're bad at one position in yeah, baseball, doesn't necessarily mean so you have years of experimenting. If your kid wants to be a ball player, like at the very least, he could be like a pinch runner if he's fast, but he just can't hit it all. And he can't feel yeah. it all. Like there, there's roles for him to play on the diamond. Yeah, That's or upper management. You get into analytics, Ooh. and then you go into upper management. See? That's uh, turning lemonade or making uh, lemonade out of those lemons. Um, it also sounds like, Alice, like Sarah's going to be one of those parents who's telling the high school coach, like, he was really good when he was three. You should see him. <laughs> like, it's really not relevant, Mom. Not really. And now we all have the footage on our phones. It's like, no, this was him at three. Look, <laughs> yeah. look at all these highlights. How good he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the regression came from. I think Ellis is right, too. I, I've considered many what, what position I would like to play most in <laughs> sport. And it uh, most of it seems like it's too much work. Like there would be a lot of weightlifting and all that, like exercise <gasps> too much, like a daily on a daily basis and hardcore and that too much for me. 
I would like to be the platoon corner outfielder. Like only oh. about half the games, maybe get an A B here and there in the sixth or seventh inning. Then you sit back down. You know, then you then, uh, that's enough of the of the workday for you, Dave. Don't you think that's harder? Like not knowing when you're gonna play? Yeah, that's I my excuse that's when harder. I feel like it's, it's, it's harder. You put me in a tough spot. How could I succeed, Skip? <gasps> Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like always having to be ready to go in to pinch hit or something seems like way more of a nightmare. No, I would not want to be a platoon guy. I would much rather just be the everyday player. I think also you just if you play, if you love baseball, you don't play baseball in the big leagues unless you love baseball. Like you're not you haven't gone through the grind of minor leagues and college and summer ball and winter ball and the travel ball and all, you know, it's, it's a long process of a game, which is why a lot of kids don't get into it because it's, it's long division like you, and you have to show your work. So I I understand that, but I don't think you make it to the majors unless you want to play every day. Yeah. All right. I I, I guess I hear you. What do you say, Alice? here's what you need to do with your children or if you still have the ability with yourself is you need to turn yourself into a closer. Okay. That's what Mm -hmm. people want to see. And also if the kid has the Ellis genes that I think he will, his shoulder is not going to last up for more than an inning at a time. So you get to sleep (laughs) later than everybody else. Imagine if you got to go to work almost Mm -hmm. what I I would say 80% later than everybody Mm -hmm. else at your your office. You just get to show up at 4 p.m. You do about 15 minutes of work and then you walk out. No, I love it. And you get cool music when you come in. You get great theme music. Um, it's the the crowd loves you. You're a celebrity and you get to hug the catcher at the end when you win the World Series because you were Mm -hmm. on the mound. Yeah, I love that. You're absolutely right. You want to be Josh Hader. You want to come in. I don't pitch more than three outs. Yep. Don't bring me yep. in the eighth and the ninth. I only come in the ninth. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I would not want to have to deal with being responsible for the well-being of everybody like that. I mean, and that's what it is. And if you let everybody down, then then everybody is giving you the stink eye. My my mm-hmm. my ego wouldn't be able to deal with that. It's too fragile. Yeah, that's. That's why I don't put the kids in soccer for one simple reason is that at some point you're going to have to make a penalty kick with billions of people watching around the world. And that's too much pressure. No, thank you. No, that's why that's why I have long admonished whoever decided to broadcast into the national space, the Little League World Series. Yeah, it's great if you make the big player and the hero, you'll ride on on that for decades to come for the rest of your life. But what if the ball goes through your legs? What if you drop it like Damashek was prone to do? Now you're a goat for all society to see. I don't want that out there. I don't I don't want people holding that up like Tiana is to her future or to her son's future high school baseball coach. Look at what Dave did. The ball went through his legs. Oh, that's him. He's the one who led America down that year. Too much. I can't. I can't. doubled off Damashek. That's like that's probably your nickname. Everybody doubled <laughs> off Damashek. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. 
the word Omaha, and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. One way or the other, Mama Kelsey is surely uh, prouder of her sons than Mo <laughs> Damashek is of hers. I want to talk about the Kelseys. We do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, the, not the one who's dating Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Now, I got got a couple days ago because I thought Hunter oh. Henry the Patriots tight end at the podium after the game, he made some cutesy remark about, Hey, bringing some attention to tight ends. Finally, I, but there was, there was a trolling account out there that made it sound like he had said something uh, untowards about Taylor Swift or whatever. And that it wasn't true, but that does bring me to Jason Kelsey and Tiana, you texted over the weekend to say you wanted to weigh in on the elder Kelsey, the one from Philly. I'll say you. I cannot believe how much he moves the ball. Like I, I never seen that clip of him re-spotting the ball before they do the brotherly shove. And it it wasn't a couple inches. It, it was a yard. Like it was a full yard. Like 
And then he finally got called for it. And he admitted that they had been warning him about it for years, like not just games, years. Hmm. And that is so insane to me that they have just let that happen. Nobody else feels like this is, I feel like this is I think one it of the is. most insane things I've ever seen in football. Well, I'm of two minds because I bellyache endlessly along with Kevin Hench on minus three about officiating and how these somehow mm-hmm. they're, that it fully has switched over in their brains and in the league partners brains, apparently that the true superstars are the referees. They get the most shine. They mm-hmm. get the most attention on Sunday and on Monday mornings at this point, even they can over. They can even overshadow maybe the two biggest non-quarterback stars mm-hmm. in pro football, the Kelsey brothers. It's now come to their door to have to deal with this. But I'm with you completely, Mark Ellis. Where are you on the tush push? You're a Washington football fan, so surely you are aggrieved by it. It's it's like watching the inevitable happen. Like you know that when when they have the ball and they're going down the field on your defense, you know that they have four downs, and it's so frustrating yeah. that all they have to do is get to fourth and three, and they're probably going to convert. I do like that because yeah, he moves the ball all the time, and like it, it when you first become a football fan, there's things that you notice right away. One of my earliest memories of watching a football game is seeing our center Jeff Bostic take the ball and spin it around and like get it comfortable in his hands. And I just remember Mm -hmm. thinking, you can do that. You can touch the ball like that. That's legal. And so we're kind of used to seeing centers touch it, but he just has this cool little three card, this shell game that he does with Mm -hmm. the ball where it's, it's ooze and ahs, but you don't notice it's moving up until it got whistled on Monday night. So it was a big, uh, you know, false start penalty is what they called because he moved the ball forward. So finally they're cracking down on that because he's been doing that like Kadarius Tony's been lining up off sides all season long. And it's like you get warning after warning after warning. And now finally, I think that the reason why they called it on this particular game is because it's a national game. And also we're going into the playoffs. They do not want to have to make that call in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. it's just a little like yeah. you know, roll up the newspaper, hit him in the nose, teach him what's wrong, and then he won't do it when the spotlight is the biggest because you do not want to have a Super Bowl influence by a false start penalty because a ball moved three inches. Mm -hmm. Boy, they stuck his nose in it is what you're saying. Boy, that's (laughs) Jason Kelsey shamed like that on national Mm -hmm. TV. I hear you. The thing with the tush push to me, it's remember the old thing about why don't you put a morbidly obese guy in goal in hockey and how bad could (laughs) could, could that go? That this applies times 10 for me if you are trying to stop the tush push. Just find a local heavy set fella going about, you know, 650, 700 bills. And then at the snap, he or even you don't even have to disguise it. This isn't like you have uh, exotic defense. We're just putting him right on the nose in front of the ball and he can lay down on his back or on his belly, whatever is more comfortable for him. Good luck getting over that hump. Right. <laughs> I, I, I real I, I sincere. That's what they do. It's all about like how much lower they can get mm-hmm. than the defense can. Well, try getting underneath that slob, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's such an old school play in its design and the way it looks that I just got to figure every ta- every old dusty Rocky gym has to have some hundred year old janitor who knows how to stop it. Like he saw this back in the 1920s <laughs> when Red Grange's team was running it. Uh, you know, like it just like he knows how to do it. And now he's going to get everybody in the offseason. I kind of want them to keep the tush push in for one more season. So I want to see how every other team 
trains for this specific play months and months and months on end before the beginning of next season, and they learn how to stymie it. I think they can do it. Buster Clarksdale, he played back against the Ken Bulldogs way back when, and he knows what to stop, how to stop the Tuchus Pulisic. Um, interesting. But I'm glad yeah. that they're that they're calling these things. Like, I didn't even know you could get warnings as coaches and players until the Kadarius Tony thing happened last week. And then Mahomes is so mad about it. Like, yeah, I mean, he was blatantly offsides. I mean, you know, apparently you can't call the play dead because the defense has to still have an option to make a play on that free play, so to speak, you know? Um, but like, I why are coaches even getting warning? Like that is, you get one period. You get one, you don't get over and over and over again. And you know, it's, the guy was offsides. I'm sorry. Somebody put a compilation video together of all the calls that have gone in Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs' <laughs> favor over the year, and it is. It was so long. It was such a long clip. It was a. Really, I hear you on though, like the punishment. If you do it the first time, maybe he would have learned. It's instead being like a parent who's like, right. "We are going to ground you," and then like be like, "Okay, one more chance." Never do. Okay, one more yeah. chance, and then you don't do it. I get it. But also, philosophically, I'm not going to align myself with the school marms who are cracking down on inessential. That, that's the issue. A couple of things. One, it's the inessential flags. Does it impact the outcome of the play? If it does, then drop the flag. If it doesn't, you can pick it up. You can flag it and be like, no flag. You're seeing some of that happen. And we haven't really talked a lot about that. But doesn't it feel like maybe I, this is just anecdotal on my part? But doesn't it feel like you're seeing a lot of officials gathering after a play and being like, there's no flag for whatever. Doesn't it, don't, don't you see, don't you hear that more than you did five years ago? I see well, more yeah. pass interference than, yeah. than anything else is where, and, and for some reason it always feels like it's happening at my team where there's a flag that happens in the secondary and you're like, yeah, that's a, okay. Good. Sweet. We're going to get, you know, the spot of the foul, let's do this. And then they get together and they're like, you know what? We talked about it. And, um, we just can't have Mark happy. So, no, it's actually just an incomplete pass. <laughs> I sometimes don't even yeah. – when it's most vexing and and it's irrational to react the way I do with that is it's like they are talking about something. There's a flag and they're like, there is no flag against the other team for illegal formation that you didn't pick up pre-snap yourself. But now that they mentioned that they were having a discussion about right. something you didn't notice, but they're not going to call it. Now I'm really PO'd. Why would you even yep. mention it then? You know? But if you it's like – would you like some pizza? Yeah, I would. Like, well, I don't have any. What, what kind of bait and switch game are you playing with me, referees? I don't like that. The other thing Ellis is right about is that I love is that thing that's always the, by the way, that moving the football thing almost, you know, literally, you can make a pretty strong case, cost the Steelers the Thursday night game against the sad Patriots. I'm not going to make excuses against Bailey Zappi, but still, yep. they should maybe win that game. But I do, I always did think that was a little bit weird when they're so precious about it, it's a game of inches then how about or then then how come the center has always standardly at the goal line you often saw that they would like literally move the tip of the ball over the goal line in before the snap like you're allowed to do that that seems mm -hmm. weird right mm -hmm. yeah i mean obviously the referees are getting together and they're saying well, the commanders don't have a chance of the playoffs so should we really give them this penalty See? you know like See? this is like that's you. what they're probably saying but you're right, Dave. Like, 
if the tush push is so controversial for the safety of the players, I would reckon to say, you know, the whole reason they use the, the tush push is to gain a yard. And if you're moving the ball half a yard before the play even starts, that's a huge advantage on top of the play that you're running itself. So I'm, I'm mad that it hasn't been called earlier. I'm mad that it's, it took to week 15 to do rules monger, Sarah Tiana. I yeah. see, like I say, I don't know how to feel about it, but it's, it's, the claim, it's it's weird that there are people who defend the referees. And one of their chief remarks is, it's like, and you hear it all the time from the analyst in the booth watching the game. They always go like, that's a call that the officials are going to make every time. And then they go to the other booth where one of the, where Gene Steratore or otherwise is sitting <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, the refs blew that call. They shouldn't have yeah. made that one like that. The irony that those people were there were put there 10 years ago to clarify things so that we, the viewing public, mm -hmm. would feel a little cozier with like, OK, now that they've explained it, now it makes sense. They go against the on-field officials more often than they agree with them, it feels like to me. And uh, the claim like, oh, that's a call they make 100 percent of the time. My issue is, no, they don't. They don't call any <laughs> penalty all the time. It's always a debate. And sometimes it gets called and sometimes it gets a warning and sometimes it gets a flag. It's that mm -hmm. uh, it's horrible is the bottom line. I am Alice. thrilled that the gene steratories of the world are, are more liberal about will, being willing to call out and a reffing crew or say that that's a bad call. Cause it seemed like a couple of years ago, they were all just yeah. paid by the league to defend the yeah. league. And now right. I think partially the, with the advent of how, well-paid announcers are and how important there is that they're a-listers like Troy Aikman can barely hide his disdain anymore for how bad the officiating has been Al Michaels cannot hide his disdain anymore and so it's almost like when they bring in a John Perry or Gene Steratore those guys are like yeah we kind of blew that one sorry but at least they're more willing to admit it now why don't they then it, it's why don't they bridge the gap? Those are ex officials and they have the nerve center in New York. But isn't it relevant what the prominent national broadcaster ex official who is tenured enough that he his opinion matters? Shouldn't he be able to give his two cents like, hey, New York? Uh, yeah, I would overturn that if I were you. Like, why is that? <laughs> and Steratore is the one who I mean, he's a NFL referee or was. He's the one who said, is it impacting the play? If not, then pick it up. And the other great one he had on the roughing the passer assessment is, you can tell, is the defender trying to give him the business or not? That was his quote, and I think it's the greatest. Is he trying to give him the business or not? And mm -hmm. that makes all the sense on a human scale um, that that you could come up with. You see, uh, is that guy's the defense? Is he trying to injure the QB? in this effort or is he not, or is he making his best effort to not injure that QB? I think that sounds about right. Tiana. When, when Georgia played Mizzou, there was a, a ball, like there was a booth review of the placement of the ball. And like, did, did Georgia get a first down on their fourth down conversion and did the ball cross the line? And they, they cut to this 3d image with a like almost like a laser line that went across the ball. And, you know, as soon as the ball crossed it, they go, oh, yeah, that's how. Yep. It's clearly a conversion. Right. Even though it had been called short mm -hmm. on the field. And that was the only time I saw that in college football or anywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, why are we using this technology? If we have like, remember when we got the pile on camp and we're like, what? 
if we have if we have this technology, why are we not using it? Why are we leaving this gray area so that everybody has to sit around and debate and talk about the refs when we could just have the technology to help them out and to make it faster so that we don't have to spend two minutes and have Troy Aikman complaining about how long the review's taking. There's a I was admonished refs- online. They- <laughs> Go ahead there, uh, Ellis. They might just be psychopaths, okay? They might just want to be (laughs) talked about regardless of whether it's in a good or bad context. (laughs) Referees might just have an ego where any press is good press. And there, there are all, I remember the laser thing you're talking about. I remember never seeing yeah. that technology before or since. I also remember th- there was a game like three years ago where a ref made a call, jogged off the field, talked to somebody in sunglasses and like all black and then jogged on the field. And, and, and then in the booth, they said, well, that's a shadow ref. And I'm like, I've been watching football my whole, I've never heard of a shadow ref before. What are these things? It was what Donald Sutherland in, uh, in JFK. <laughs> Sitting yes. on a bench. That's a, what the hell? Why is he getting involved in this NFL game? Um, yeah, the yeah. Uh, th- that technology thing. I don't know. Maybe Goodell's ahead of the curve. Maybe he fears the robots. Maybe he's watched Terminator too many times and he sees that if we involve that technology too soon, <laughs> you know, it's beyond our moral grasp to deal with. Um, right. I I I can't stand the the over-involvement of the officials at this point. And, you know, you, you touch on something there, Ellis. Maybe, or, or was that you, Tiana, who just said that they're strange birds, these these referees? And it's right. It's, in, it's important to consider where people are coming from. Who, growing up, thought, you know, it'd be cool being a referee, <laughs> being, lording over people more gifted than I am with rules, Boy, that that's up my alley. What kind of what kind of weirdo human being grows up with a desire to wear a striped yeah. shirt and wear a whistle and judge everyone else? Residents probably, of Mount Probably people who go to play football and are not good at it. Like you were talking about my son potentially being in baseball. And then those who can't do teach, right? So you go, all right, he keeps trying. You know where he'll fit in. Is the rules committee like the rules guy? I'll show the you, Josh guy, I'll show you. I'll get back at all these players who were mean to me and all these coaches who said mm. I wasn't good enough. And I'll just call pass interference. I'll just call holding whenever I feel like it. That's mm. my job. My job is to come in here and throw a flag. You know how you can tell is because for a lot of these boys who are referees, there's probably a cute girl watching. There's probably <laughs> one who got away and they can't wait to meet her at the 25th reunion. You know why? Because now I'm on national TV every week and I get to do this in short sleeves. Mm-hmm. And every time I go to the gym, I just do buys and tries and shoulders. Every referee is way too jacked to yeah. not care about looking that jacked. The other thing with referees and growing up, maybe they played sports, maybe they did, maybe they just love rules. I inherently don't trust anybody who can't have a favorite team. Okay. If you love this that much, but you're not allowed to have a team that you root for, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It's it's like people who go to farmers markets on Sundays in the fall. Like I I intrinsically do not trust you. <laughs> Because while we're all watching That's sports, right. you're out in the world. I don't agree <laughs> with your lifestyle. That's right. You didn't get the you didn't get the the lunch lady job, so you applied to be an NFL official. That it's the same thing. 
It's a ruling over people who you can push around who aren't allowed to say anything back to you. You know what? I've long said there should be a reality show. Now that they are the stars of sport, there should be reality shows about the referees. Let's get to know these guys, you know, like it's the back of People magazine. 20 questions, you know, all that kind of stuff. Maybe the re- I just I, I just thought of it now that Tiana has hit me to what's really going down. This is the make good for being bullied by those big time athletes in their youth. Now they're getting their turn. Revenge is a dish best served gold. And it's a gold cow <laughs> flying out of their hand. Pretty good. Look out, hey, VH1. Honestly. What? Before too long, Netflix is going to run out of other positions on the football field. We're going to do quarterback. We'll do tight end. We'll do receiver. Eventually, we're going to get the refs mic'd up. And we're going to get to know these people. And we get to see them at home during the week. That's what everybody wants. I hope so. I mean, I have a bit about it, but I have, you know, I have a theory that only women should be referees because we are the best at telling men what they're doing wrong. And <laughs> we see everything like you think I didn't see it. You th- oh, I just didn't know. When is a woman ever just not noticed something that you're doing wrong? Get <laughs> out of here. You know, and if if anyone can decide what a catch is, it's a woman that's been on Tinder. So I think we know we can finally decide, put us on the rules committee make us only rest. And then also men are probably less likely to scream at us because you'll be afraid that you'll get in trouble. <laughs> it's I'd not be afraid though. I get yelled at for <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, Oh, yelling you, at a woman. You and your guys are all hanging out. You didn't bring me. You know, why, why, why am I not here? Why do I have to come over here and play the bad guy all the time? That would be the discussion on the field all the time with the officials. Yeah. They're, they're going to pick up the flag for offsides. They're just not going to speak to anyone on the defense for the rest of the half. No. I'll hold a grudge too. I might call you holding five yards this time, but it'll be 10 next. It'll be, it'll be 10. <laughs> Just keep it up. Keep it up. I'll give you 10 yards next time. You watch. Do these stripes make me look official? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Let's now, I love it, Tiana. That's great. Now let's talk about something that I mentioned 20 minutes ago. And that is with the holiday season returns. Yeah. I think it's yeah. nice spiritually and beyond to not just consider ourselves upcoming soon will be the Shecky awards at which point I give out because I'm a greater empath than most of society. I don't just do a new year's resolution for me, little old me, who cares? I do it for all of society. I make it better, um, by with, with my new ideas. Um, before that let's help society with some returns that people in sports might want to make. Like for instance, I'll start us off here. Sarah Tiana, Georgia Bulldogs standout, George Pickens. Boy, mm-hmm. fell to the Steelers in the second round. Terrific. Boy, he might be the most talented guy. Did you see those one-handed catches he made and everything else? Now he won't stop yapping about who's ju- all this and that, and it's gotten sideways. The whole thing is bad in Pittsburgh right now. Mm-hmm. I want to return George Pickens to you. Great. I'll take him. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll take him. First, Arthur yeah, Smith I can mean, have them and not use them as much as, as like Bijan Robinson. Maybe you could give us back so Bijan Robinson. That's the trade. Yeah. Here, what? How about I'll I return switch, George Pickens. No, I don't you give us Bijan Robinson, lightly used, good as new, right? How about I give you Arthur Smith because he stands around and doesn't do anything either? How about <laughs> I do that? He doesn't block either and he doesn't do his job either. But uh, I do think that George Pickens is just frustrated. I think that shows. 
I, I, I can't really be mad at him. I mean, he's not on my team. I would probably be pretty upset if he was on my team. I mean, Mariota did that to us last year. As soon as he got benched, he quit the team. Like, what a loser, right? But, yeah, I mean, I would gladly take George Pickens off your hands because it would probably get Jonu Smith and um, Drake London more open. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'll, I'll trade you Kyle Pitts, a guy that can't get a go Ooh. ball. How about that? How about a guy that can't? Get any go ball when he's the biggest receiver on the team. Well, John is pretty big, but I would say I'd, I'd happily return an exchange. Okay, a, a nice exchange. Right, pit. it's not a straight up return. It's an exchange, and we're off and rolling here. Mark Ellis, you're next. There's some rumors out there that Mike Tomlin isn't just going to be removed from the Steelers or remove himself, but that he might get traded to your Washington team. <laughs> First of all, does that excite you? And do they need to return with new ownership the name Commanders, a.k.a. Commies, in our nation's <laughs> capital? We got to give that one back and come up and with we, a new one. We even wear red. We really complete everything. <laughs> um, I would completely accept Mike Tomlin with open arms. And so if you Steelers yeah. fans are crazy enough to run him out of town, a guy who's only given you 20 winning seasons in a row, I would gladly accept him with open arms as would everybody in mm-hmm. commander's nation. T- we will totally regift the name commanders, not necessarily because I don't like it, but because I think ownership is going to want to put their own stamp on it. So they're going to want to change it to something else yet again. Um, I think we're going to hold on to Washington football team. That's if, if, if we're passing around gifts, really? I think we're going to keep Washington football team. And I think that's what it's going to be going forward. But as far as this, this white elephant that we have, where we're just passing around the gifts we don't want, like the commanders or Josh McDaniels, then yeah, let's just let it keep going around and somebody else can have it. I wonder too, if, um, with the command, well, with Washington sports, I should say, do you want to return? I don't even know who the sender is. I guess it's all the media members who announced that it was inevitable that Alex Ovechkin was going to surpass Wayne Gretzky in all time goals. Do you want to return those premature proclamations now? As it looks as though the grade eight is maybe on his last legs. Is this true? Eddie Spaghetti, producer behind the glass and the hockey savant, jump in here with your insight if you have anything to say. But first, let's hear Mark Ellis, who's up close and personal with them Capitals. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that was just the perfect storm of Ovi getting very old very fast and then all of this national attention. And anytime you put the name Gretzky on somebody, you heap that on Mm -hmm. the already mighty weight of equipment when you're playing hockey. It's just it's too much. For an old body to bear. So while the Capitals do have some young talent, Connor McMichael looks better every day. It looks like we have to put Ovi in a home. And um, <laughs> I don't know that he's going to get the Gretzky. He's infirm now. I think it's time to just we like he needs to get that that shower with like all the sticky stuff on the bottom and the rails. Like it's it, it's time. <laughs> It, by the way, it's the same. It's the same room I always request when I go to a hotel as well. I want the old person room too. So, you know. <laughs> one that kind of looks like a roller coaster car. Yeah, that, look, that, if I come home at the handle beers, on it. Yeah, I'm not risking anything. All right, I'm making sure I am not falling this weekend. Got the nice strap. That's me in about eight to eleven years from now. By the way, strapping myself in for a shower. 
What about Drew Locke? Do you guys think that Denver is missing Drew Locke? They would like to see if they could uh, get him back. Please return him to sender. In other words, yeah, let's just swap Russell Wilson back to Seattle and like, let's pretend like that deal never happened. I think that's a pretty good one. The one that for me that is more obvious than that is especially the way old man Joe Flacco is playing for the Browns when they're still appearing, uh, apparently going to go to the playoffs, obviously. And before Joe Flacco, you want to go all the way back. The original sin was letting Baker Mayfield Mm. leave. I mean, he went yeah. out there and played with a bum shoulder. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it, including you, Cleveland Browns. Why did mm-hmm. you ding him for that? It was so weird. He, you understand, he did the impossible. He beat the Steelers in a playoff game in Pittsburgh. And you're, and the response was like, yeah, we're going to go to Deshaun Watson <laughs> for, two, for $240 million. You, yeah, you, you made your bet, Cleveland. That's, that's the worst that's one, on but that's you. a pretty interesting. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Would they like with the Broncos right now? That's a tough one to ask a Broncos fan right now. Mm-hmm. If you could yeah, undo that Broncos whole thing, would you go on the upswing? You know, and like all of a sudden, like Cortland Sutton, like finally, like this is the team that we thought they were going to be last year, right? And they're just now finally starting to hit a stride. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's unfair to ask that to a Broncos fan until we watch the outcome of like literally this weekend because mm-hmm. th- there's so much riding on. I think this New England game is really interesting, by the way. I, I'm mm-hmm. glad they, they, they kept it Sunday night because there's a lot of juice to it. Right now, based off Drew Locke's performance on Monday night, it kind of looks like you know when when you see like a really fancy jacket of like you know Louis Vuitton or like John Barbados or something like that, then you see a jacket that looks the exact same at Old Navy. I think that's Russell Wilson and Drew Locke. It's like, well, crap, we could have had the same jacket. It looks the same in, in all the pictures. So it's gonna much look the same. It's yeah. so much cheaper. I think that's the problem with Russell Wilson. It's not that mm-hmm. his skills have declined somewhat. It's the price tag. I mean, Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson's in a whole other level of laughability, but Russell Wilson, it's just we. It's a good, it's a nice gift. Thank you. I always wanted a Russell Wilson in the house. It's just that you paid an arm and a leg for it. Yeah. I um, also, yeah. Okay. I also feel like there's just like a little bit of, 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 um, envy for Chicago letting Roquan Smith go to Baltimore. That's another one that I think was mm-hmm. maybe a, a bad decision on their part because they are definitely missing that on defense. Like Chicago can score. But they're having a really hard time keeping other people from scoring. And so I think they're really missing him. That's Do you think that they will say. return, the Bears will return Justin Fields and move on to a new model in the draft? That they are, it would appear, going to land while well, they're going to get that Carolina pick, I, which isn't going to get any lower than yeah. third, I don't think so. No, I mean, probably because the I, I believe that the bears always make bad decisions, but I don't think, <laughs> I think the problem is that people move on from quarterbacks too quickly and it takes a long time for a quarterback to adapt to the pace of the game and, and, and the field and, and the, uh, the personnel. And you're asking a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot, like you see, I feel like Zach Wilson gets better every game and then he'll have a bad game. And then everyone's like, well, forget it. He sucks. And it's like, well, just a second, you know what I mean? Like it takes a long time to get up to the speed of the game. Like even CJ Stroud is up and down as big as, as great as he's been all year. He has bad games. 
where he just all of a sudden goes back. Josh Allen does the same thing. Josh Allen goes back to backyard football and makes huge mistakes. Like, but you need him to be, this is an interesting point you're making, but back to what Ellis said 90 seconds ago, I do think like I, it, it can't turn into a, the old Navy sweater can't turn into a Louis Vuitton one right. over eight years now. It's got to, it, it's kind of got to walk in the door and at least be J crew level quality. Right. I, I'm sorry. I, is, I can't really keep up with the Louis Vuitton. I don't know what the really fancy clothes makers make specifically. Yeah. Louis Vuitton honest, makes I, shoes. I didn't even know Louis Vuitton was a brand. I just said two words that sounded really fancy and were a name. And I I'm got not trying to be cool. I just don't know. Like, I know no one cares enough about what I wear to spend top dollar to get it. Old Navy is going to get the same reaction as me and fancy. I clothes. think like, I think the, the biggest who's the old issue? slob over there. I think the issue is that there are certain organizations that don't know how to do, know what to do with quarterbacks and they ruin quarterbacks. The Jets, hmm. the Bears are an example. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have the Browns who used to do that, who, you know, and then all of a sudden Stefanski comes in and he's winning games with a new quarterback all the time. So clearly it has to come, it comes down to coaching. You can't put all the blame on these quarterbacks because they're all good. Not all of them transition into football, but a lot of that is based on who their core coaches are. And it's honestly, it's a scratch off ticket. And like, sometimes you get a good coach and a good matchup and then things click, but they don't always click. And it's not always the quarterback's fault. Broadly true. I think that's right. I don't think they're, you know, the, the, the insinuation that somebody who's trying to be dumb and push back at you would say like, well, they're not 32 of the exact same. They're not carbon copies of each other. Obviously they have different skill sets and are going to respond to different human beings, coaching them and the players around them and everything mm -hmm. else. I do think the thing with Justin Fields that is intriguing is that the rookie contract for your star quarterback is, um, a competitive advantage for you in roster yeah. building in a cap situation. So now you're talking about Justin Fields going into year four. You can kind of reboot mm -hmm. back to zero if you get Caleb Williams or Drake May, if you like either of them enough. And you could fetch something for Justin Fields that gets you back to zero there with regaining the pick mm -hmm. that you would lose. Not exactly. It's not going to be a you know, top 10 first round pick in exchange for Justin Fields, but you get something back by giving him away and rebooting back, especially if they move on from Eberflus. It kind of makes sense to do that, I guess. Washington, I it's funny, depending on who you talk to, there are Washington fans who are in on Sam Howell and dig him. How say you, Ellis? I'm very high on Sam Howell still. Oh, I will are. say I was very <laughs> concerned because I went to the Rams game and had great seats this past weekend. And Sam Howell could not do anything. He looked, he, he just looked entirely ineffective. And a lot of that is due to our offensive line. However, we're getting our, we're getting kicked up and down the field. And then Jacoby Brissett comes in, in the fourth quarter and immediately tosses two touchdown passes and looks great. Yeah. He's getting the ball to our stars like Terry McLaurin. And so all of a sudden you think, well, is that just the situation that we always seem to have in Washington, which is we always love the backup quarterback more than the starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. But it, it did make me a little nervous. Like I, my, my stock isn't any higher than it was, you know, a, a week ago because I, I don't want to put all my eggs in this basket anymore. And, you know, to the Justin Fields point, Sarah was winning me over with we got to give quarterbacks time. But then the other part of that is that organizations are, are serial daters. They're kind of like me. Mm -hmm. They can never fully commit to anybody. And when you've been with a 
quarterback for three, four years. And now it's like, hey, if we're going to keep doing this thing, you got to put a ring on my finger. You got to pay me. Then it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I've been interviewing this this Caleb and uh, <laughs> everything I hear just sounds so nice. And he's just such a cute young man that I think I'm just going to ditch you and go with the new one. And because I don't have to pay anything, you know, dating is more mm-hmm. fun. So I think that that's probably what the Bears are going to do. I don't think that that's what the commanders are going to do. I think they're going to stick with Sam Howell this offseason. And oh, I think man. that he's I think that, that based on his play. I, if Drake May is there, if they land at four and Drake May is still on the board, which is questionable that he would be with the Patriots now ahead of them. Um, but if he is there and they and they don't take him in favor of sticking with Sam Howell, I think that's a, a mistake. Talk about returning a mistake. I think for a decade, Washington football fans will lament not having taken the QB. Because, like, the, imagine if Sam Howell plays at the level he played at this year for the yeah. next five years, how angry you're going to be if Drake May is lighting it up for whomever, uh, wherever he lands, right behind. It's you. tough to do on two levels because you could also say that we should have we, we should have returned Chase Young that pick and gotten Justin Herbert instead. But with this mm. one, th- this doesn't work for me on two levels. One, because Drake May is also a Carolina guy, and so it's kind of like Sam Howe is a Carolina guy. So it's like you can't just swap one Tar Heel for the other one. And it also doesn't work on me on a Star Wars level because if Sam Howe is like Obi-Wan Kenobi, then that would make Drake May Anakin Skywalker, which means we're going to have a couple really good years. And then all of a sudden we're going to be the Eagles. Cowboys. Going over to the Cowboys or Eagles. You know how that story ends. Yeah, we saw it. And if you didn't see it, in the first go round, go watch the sequel movies that came out in the last uh, 15 years. Same story told over again. Um, since you're a star Wars guy, I know you know that, um, uh, you know what, speaking of which quickly, Carolina probably wants to return Bryce young for CJ Stroud. I think everybody agrees with that. And, um, a couple quick ones for you. I think the jets, if they could, would just undo the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Right. Huh. They wish they wouldn't have had to deal. Even if he's coming back next year and mid next year is not even going to be my last year. I think the jets reaction at this point, knowing what they know would be to shrug and say, you should be somebody else's problem. Maybe the Minnesota Vikings. Let's complete this Packers <laughs> star QB to the jets. And then back into the division circle here. Let's do it two times in a row. Shall we get them over to the Vikings? I think Jets fans might feel that way, but I think that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are thrilled to have Aaron Rodgers this year because he bought them another year of employment just by being there and being hurt. I think they stick Mm -hmm. around just because Aaron is there and he goes on national shows every week and talks about how great the building is and how he loves the guys. So I think that that bought another year of paychecks for some higher ups in the organization. So I think that they're I think they're going to be okay with that one. It's like Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated said about David Tepper. Whoever takes that job, people keep saying, oh, nobody wants that uh, head coaching job of Carolina. It's like, well, he's been so shamed now that he's going to give you more rope than he otherwise would. I think the the same thing applies here. Like the Woody Johnson has been so Mm -hmm. demonized for his crazy choices. It's like, I better just leave this one alone and give him a a (laughs) mulligan on the whole season. The other one, Tiana, is back to the other Kelsey. Do you think Taylor Swift, not on a human level, we've discussed it. Travis is a delightful fella, funny guy and everything else. But do you think that given Travis, uh, maybe Travis Kelsey would return Taylor Swift because he hasn't been playing very well. And since 
superstition is a thing in sports. Maybe Chiefs fans would like to disassociate with the pop star. Do you think the pop star is like, you know, I, you know, he's not playing well enough to be worth my time. No, I don't think he returns. I, I mean, I definitely think that I don't think you can put all of the blame on Travis Kelsey for what the chiefs are doing wrong. I think it's like, I think a lot of people are distracted on that team. And I think that, you know, this is the second year that Travis has had a podcast. And I think when things aren't going well, you need somebody's shoulder to cry on, especially someone who is, you know, like Taylor Swift, who has gotten plenty of negative comments thrown her way. And she's definitely the person who could talk him off of that ledge. But, I, you know, to me, you know, there's definitely a couple of passes that he should have caught. And are we just noticing that because he's in this very high profile relationship and we can blame it on the relationship as opposed to the fact that he's just like an older tight end who's playing and like probably playing hurt. Um, so no, I don't think that he would, or he should I was, return I that. was really just kidding around, just trying to talk about something oh. that the kids <laughs> love to talk about. But I do think actually that I bet you I it would take, I bet you it would take 11 seconds for one of us to find on social media Chiefs fans blaming the, you know, not exactly perfect results for this team so far on Taylor Swift. I do blame Travis. Don't blame Travis Kelsey. You know, he's older. He's not in his prime anymore. Mm -hmm. And he was the difference making guy who there was just, you could scheme all you wanted to. You weren't going to take him away. And as long as that was true, that Chiefs offense was going to go. That's not the case anymore. And I mean, listen, people get more blame or the receivers who don't catch the ball. Kelsey's pretty good in that regard. He's just not as dominant an always open uh, target that he was even last year. When you go off the cliff in football, you go fast. And I think that's kind of the case here. Sad to say football is more fun with the Kelsey's in it. Mm-hmm. I, think yeah. that, I, I think the Chiefs are better because of Taylor Swift this year. I think the Chiefs yeah. would be playing a lot worse if they didn't have Taylor Swift in the building, knowing they have all that eyeballs on there. Look, we're all boys. We want to impress mm-hmm. the pretty girl. And she's at the stadium. You're going to play better. You're going to have more juice. This is the best version that the Chiefs this year could possibly put on. And if Taylor Swift stops showing up to games, then receivers going to drop more balls. They're going to line up offsides. If they even remember to be on the field on time, it's going to get bad in Kansas City. They need Taylor Swift in that building if they want any shot of a postseason run. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, they're going to win out the regular season. Everybody, <laughs> the, the concern about the Chiefs is the biggest overstatement going right now. Like, I, they're one of the three best teams, maybe one of the two best teams in the conference. It's just that they are suffering from their own expectations and level of success over the last half decade. So it feels like they're not good, but they still are by record and otherwise one of the three best teams in their entire conference and are relevant I, come January. All right, I will go ahead make, there, Yeah, I will make th- this comparison real quick based on this conversation. Is it a couple of years ago, you ever give a gift where you kind of like overstretched yourself with it? I got my mom a like state-of-the-art laptop and then I looked at my bank account and I'm like, I don't know that I should have impressed mom that much. <laughs> I have a feeling that's sort of how the Chiefs feel with Tyreek Hill is they gave the Dolphins a gift. They didn't yeah. know that the, they didn't know that the gift was that great. Good. One. Like, like th- they knew the gift was really nice and the Dolphins were really going to love it. They had no idea that it was still going to be like in an MVP conversation a few years down mm-hmm. the road. So I think that if, if we could work out a trade where the Chiefs send like Taylor Swift and cash to the Dolphins for Tyreek Hill, <laughs> I think that might be 
a trade that both sides could be immediately. You might have missed yeah. the window though on the return ticket. Might have been like because yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. been eighteen months since uh, since purchase. So yeah, that's interesting. That might be the best one of them all. All right, let's wrap it up here. Any spaghetti uh, behind the glass? If you want to jump in with your um, with your return, if you have one or three, you want to shout out here, and then we'll give you our best bets, and then we'll go about our holiday. Uh, you know, rest of the holiday week into the holidays. It's weird this year that the holidays are on the week or the Christmas is on the ho- uh, on the weekend. So I was talking to my wife, like, is society not working this week or next week? <laughs> is it, it's next week, right? Are people next mostly? Week. I mean, I'm talking to a microphone. It's not really working, but <laughs> so I don't have a sense of it. But are normal people working right now, or is it next week that they're off? I'm having this conversation in my head because I realized that I booked a st- my last road date of the year on the 22nd and the 23rd and it's a weekend. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Mm, just, yeah. No, that's great. And- People need the activity because the actual holiday hasn't arrived, but they're in a festive mood. I think you're going to kill because people are going to be in such great spirits when they arrive to see you at the Capitol, um, <laughs> at the, the Capitol bar. Why did I try you know what I, Tiana? I almost was Seattle. a good host He's for in the a minute ca- there. Yeah, Seattle. Uh, you know what I'm doing on Christmas Eve? Capitol I'm Hill flying, Bar. I'm flying to and from the city so that I can get uh, my status on my airline. Wow. <laughs> Just like doing a round trip flight on Christmas Eve because it's a really slow day at the airport. Oh so I'm going to spend all day like watching football on the plane so that I can get my platinum status on Please Delta. take <laughs> many videos. And send them to us. I want commentary. Maybe that could be the entire show uh, next week or the week after. It's just you ruminating 30,000 feet in the sky. The most popular podcast, the most listened to podcast in NFL media history was the flight back from the Super Bowl in New York. 30,000 feet. It was a chartered plane. It was all the NFL media members flying back to L.A. And... There was no one else but staff on the plane. So they opened up the bar. Me and my guy, handsome Hank Hodgson, sat in the back of the plane, threw one on and talked for a few hours and got progressively um, more loaded. And <laughs> guests would come back to use the toilet and to talk on the podcast. It was the most listened to episode ever. Eddie Spaghetti, give us your return. Easy one for me. Tommy DeVito back to the practice squad. Giants don't <sighs> win three games in a row. Keep mm-hmm. their draft slot because kind of like you're talking before with the the Sam Howell Drake May thing, um, great story. You know, it, it's kind of the insanity of New York football, but it ran its course. He ran into a good defense versus the Saints, and obviously we showed you what kind of caliber player he is. So while it was fun for a month, um, ruining the franchise's future for the next you know decade or so um, is not good, especially in a very good uh, quarterback draft class, at least in my opinion. And plus, I think that a lot of people are forgetting, even if Daniel Jones is coming back and is the guy, he's still going to miss time because of when he suffered his ACL injury. So there needs to be another quarterback in there anyway. So uh, no problem with me for returning the the DeVito back to the practice squad. What am I? We don't think you're a clown, Tommy DeVito. Okay, (laughs) stop winning games so much. You're too good. Yeah, that's exactly <gasps> right. He, he 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 was he, he did better than he should have done, but he did turn into a pumpkin, or maybe not. I hope not for his sake. Little Louis Domingue style needed to pull the plug on that one game earlier. Spaghetti knows what I'm talking about with that. And now a quick break. All right, Tiana, um, give us a best, best bet. bet. And then go. 
to your to uh, the well, get in line I'm now, gonna, get through security uh, now. Well, I'm going out. to this game, so I'm really excited. I'm going to take the Rams minus four over the this Terminal game. Two, Sarah Tiana. Move over, <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks. She lives Terminal there. Terminal Three. The new Delta Terminal at LAX is fire, and is. the, the new Delta Lounge is insane. It's totally yep. worth the money. You know it, Mark. Um, I'm a Delta snob. So Rams minus four on Thursday night. I'm taking the Bengals minus two over the Steelers. Sorry, Sheck. And uh, I will take the Colts plus one over the Falcons. I mean, we if the Steelers trash. If the Steelers win three in a row, not impossible, but it is unlikely the way they're playing, obviously. Ten and seven, nice story. I want it to happen. Short of that, if I get to cast a wish here, if they're not going to go three and oh here, then it probably is better because if if they would just lose out because they it would get them, you know, sad to say it would get them into like the top 12 or 14 and might be in range of a QB or obviously a high pedigree cat one way or the other. Um, Ellis, oh, by the way, I'll just chime in on the Rams and Saints on Thursday night. I have a uh, same game parlay for you. A Kyron Williams, who's running well, mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, who's running well. I say don't do it. Uh, don't choose Rams or Saints. I say choose Rams and Saints. Williams goes over 88 and a half. Kamara goes over 51 and a half rush yards. Combine those two same game parlay plus 300 your payout fun mm-hmm. neither team that's is particularly fun. stout against the run so uh that's a fun one to root for on thursday night ellis how say you all right i have two that i think are going to be somewhat hot takes although according to the latest line it's not is i would have assumed that the jags going into tampa the battle of florida this weekend which has playoff implications all over it i would have assumed the jags are going to be favored they're actually one point dogs in this game and I agree with that take because I think the Bucks are going to beat the Jags at home. I think Baker Mayfield has just enough Christmas magic. The Bucks defense is stout. So I'm taking that one. The other one that I love, I cannot wait to watch this football game, is the Ravens are 10-point dogs going to San Francisco. And I know how great the Niners defense looks. I know that they're the class of the NFC by a mile. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson are playing special football right now. Lamar Jackson is on a whole other level where if he stays here for a couple more weeks, he's going to be the MVP. I think he beats Brock Purdy in the MVP look and in the game overall. So I think that the Ravens solidify both their, their, their playoff seat and Lamar Jackson as the front runner for MVP by the end of this football weekend. I think think it is the biggest sporting event since Balboa Mm -hmm. and Drago in Moscow 85 (laughs) on Christmas night. And it is consequential, not just for the two teams, but like you say, I think all MVP hashes settled that night. Ravens win. Lamar Jackson's going to get the MVP. Niners win. It's murkier. And I do support CMC, same as Brock Purdy. Um, But uh, I do like those plays. Hey, Ellis, best wishes to you and congratulations in advance to everyone smart enough in the Seattle area to head over on the 22nd or the 23rd. You know what? Do it both nights to Capitol Hill Comedy Bar. Track down ticket information on Instagram. Mark Ellis is live is how you do that. You're a delight, Mark Ellis. Happy holidays to you. And uh, Sarah Tiana, you can find in the Delta Lounge, LAX, um, (laughs) and uh, 30,000 feet in the air. I'm also going to be at the Arlington Draft House and Mark's, you know, football fan of the woods. 
January 5th and 6th. That's right. I'm going to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. And I'm going to be there with a lot of my counterparts. No, I'll be there. So if anybody wants to see comedy after the new year, I'll be there. All right. And if you can see me by chance, I'm going to be seated on that couch (laughs) about eight feet behind me, feeling sad and sorry for myself about all my failures and letting down all the, uh, the people closest to me this holiday season. But listen, Alice, Tiana, Eddie Spaghetti, I'll talk to you later in the week on Minus 3 for the 15-minute pregame show and our normal show with Kevin Hench. Make sure you're checking out all the great content on the Extra Points Network. We'll talk to you on the other side of Christmas before New Year's. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. (laughs) 